0: Hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food & Company, where your pet's health is our business, and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. Well, we are starting your week off right. Why? Because Dr. Andy is here. Good morning, Dr. Andy. Good
1: morning, Dee. Good morning, everyone.
0: Hey, how was your Tuesday night Q&A? Did you have some hard questions like cat- tooth tartar on this one
1: no 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 kitty questions at all this this time um we talked about poop because you know pet owners talk about poop right yeah
0: yeah were they were they confused about poop or what did you what did you gather from the poop questions
1: well poop always changes when you go from kibble to Mm raw and so we talked about that and we talked about managing the poop if it gets too hard what do you do when you're a raw feeder and when it gets too soft what do you do as a raw feeder Um, and then there was the little question about addy who has half hard half loose stools Mm -hmm. that's because she holds it until she goes on her walks
0: (laughs) are they like kids sometimes these little dogs they just they're like you know do some dogs just like hold them and they never want to defecate (laughs) what's the deal
1: yes yes I, I do think there are some out there. I don't know if they're necessarily even always little, but if they're holding their poop too long, the first half will be hard and the second half will be soft.
0: So what is what is the concern that you have found that the pet parents have when there's half and half?
1: I just tell them they're holding it too long. They're all freaked out that there's something wrong. There's nothing I, wrong.
0: I wonder what would justify that, though, thinking that it, something was wrong. I mean... Is it? Are we not doing a good job explaining, splaining the poopers?
1: Um, us as raw feeders, or us in general? I just think owners are always looking for a problem instead of just asking a question like, "What is this?" and "How can we change this?" You if know, Neely something like wrong.
0: Neely says that she's like, if you go looking for a problem, you are going to find one.
1: You will absolutely. And if you think you have one. Yeah, you probably do. You know if what? If it's actual or not, that's a whole different.
0: Right, right. Uh, so Lazi got me up at five fifteen this morning, um, and I heard her coming up the stairs. Number one, uh, we still have construction going on in the house, so all the house, the floor is covered up with with uh, the painter's paper, so you can hear it when the dogs are walking. Number one, number two, I heard her coming up the stairs because I'm a light sleeper. Uh, she came up and kind of did a you know, little wine thing went back down. And then I started hearing this.
1: (laughs) Oh yes. The best alarm clock ever.
0: Yes. Although since the floors are covered, I was like, you know, I wasn't break breaking my neck to get down, (laughs) but um, I did get up and, and let her outside. And she went outside and, and ate, um, ate some grass. And when she came back in, I gave her some, your go-to the go-to stuff, you know, cause I have, yeah. yeah. And she just yeah. kind of laid down and uh, yeah, she was fine. And then uh, the wind was blowing like crazy here, oh. but when the blowing sun came up nuts. a little bit, yeah, it's blowing like nuts. We went outside and she was fine. She ate breakfast. She was fine. But I don't get freaked out about that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. I'm just like, there's a lot of uh, paint fumes going on in this house right now. Yeah. I don't know if it's that, I don't know. Who knows?
1: I think sometimes they digest their food faster than other times and their tummy's a little empty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: so. And it was doing that gurgling thing and it didn't yeah. freak me out. I just thought, all right, well here let me put some go to in your mouth and uh she was fine.
1: Yeah. Easy peasy.
0: Easy peasy. Hey, speaking of poop, you told we were talking about poop the other day and uh you were telling me that if a dog is constipated They may just need an adjustment and an adjustment can help them poop. Talk to us a little bit
1: about that. (laughs) Um, Yes. And yes. And yes. So chiropractic at the end of the day is neurology. What that impulse into the system, into that joint, into that complex, however you want to put that impacts the nervous system. It wakes up the body to do what the, body should be doing or needs to be doing. So that means we change nerves and those nerves that come out of the back that may be causing low back pain also come out of the back, out of those lumbar, out of that lumbar spine, into the intestines, into the bladder, into the kidneys, down into the legs. They travel and they innervate all of those structures So if there's a tight back, there's some restriction on a nerve. The nerve is not sending all the impulses it should. It's not going to send all the impulses it should to the intestines, to the colon, um, to um, the anal, the anus and the anal glands. So sometimes if your dog is having even anal gland issues, add in chiropractic care and that might help um, alleviate some of those issues along with diet.
0: Wow. That's really cool. So have you seen that when a, okay, a dog's back hurts because they, they squat, right? When they poop, right. if, if they just have a hurt back, will that prevent them from having good poops or be able to poop normally? Absolutely.
1: Because, Absolutely. well, A, we have the innervation I just went over. B, my back hurts. I don't want to squat that far and I don't want to push that much. Yikes. And so they may hold it. Um, they may only poop a little bit and hold the rest of it. Um, they may hold it for a day or two, freaks owners out. Um, and then we get that back feeling better and the pooping resumes.
0: Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Now, um, you have uh, some, some great non-steroidal, non NSAIDs uh, 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 muscle relaxers, right? That you like. Yeah. What is that? What is that blend? One Brand.
1: of my favorite favorite products, it's called formula 303 and I use it with my kids and it's a homeopathic remedy. So you can give it with other prescription meds. We don't have to worry about any of those interactions and it's valerian root and passion flora. So valerian root, if you're familiar at all, is great for helping us sleep. It smells the high heaven. It smells like the stinkiest socks.
0: It does.
1: It. it does. It's awful smelling. You open the bottle and most people are like, oh, I try to warn everybody. Um, and actually valerian roots in the catnip family. Random piece of information there. Um, but muscles seem to be the one thing that is ignored by, um, by the vets when they prescribe the meds, they go to the NSAIDs, right? They go to the carprofen, vetprofen, Rimadyl, the NSAIDs, and they go to the pain meds, which is the very popular one right now is gabapentin mm. and they don't address the muscles. Okay. Yes. There may be joint pain, which is what the NSAIDs are going to work for. Um, I'm not sure why they do the gabapentin, but that's a different conversation. Um, but they don't address the muscles and we always assume our old dogs have arthritis. They may or may not, but they do most likely have tight muscles. And so that's my go-to if anybody, well, my children, if they, the running joke in my household is if they fall in front of me, they're getting adjusted right away. And you could see the look in their face. They're like, oh crap, mom saw (laughs) me do that. I'm getting adjusted. Um, You can, oh my God, it is hysterical, honestly. And they get adjusted immediately Um, head to toe. I don't, I just do it. And then they generally get a formula 303, um, which you can order off of Amazon. It's, um, made by DC labs. Um, I've been using it. I use it on myself. Most of my pet parents end up using it with their animals. They're like, it's amazing. Helps with sleep helps with any of your tight muscles. It's an amazing little product.
0: So I have a question. If someone is using an NSAID, I've heard that you should not mix that with anything else. Would this formula 303, is it 303?
1: 303.
0: 303. Formula 303, be safe if somebody was doing an inset from their vet and mixing that?
1: It's a homeopathic remedy. You're not actually getting the herbs. So, yep. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's why I really like it too. Nice. Because There are some herbs and some medications that you really shouldn't mix. And I don't know them off the top of my head. You have to go looking for that, but because it's a homeopathic formulation, there doesn't seem to be any interaction issues.
0: That's nice. You know, you talk about stinky. A lot of people think that the Wolfram Plus is the stinkiest blend. I don't, I don't think it is. It has tripe in it, but that that formula 303 does smell like a tripe to me a little bit. Does it? Yeah. It, it does.
1: Smells.
0: But mm-hmm. but it's great stuff. But I was I was looking over some of these reviews that I just uh got for the Wolf Run Plus here recently. Um one says their three-year-old Doberman Nico eats two and a half pounds of that a day wow. and he loves it. Uh he said, they said, uh, this is a review uh, here. I don't know. I don't, uh, David, I think. He said, we first moved to raw feeding when he was about six months old because we were trying and failing to find a food combination that didn't result in allergic reactions like hives, itching, and diarrhea. They started making his food from scratch, but cutting all that meat, sourcing organs, and chopping bones was very time consuming and messy. I'm telling you. And he said, since switching, his coat is still as shiny as ever. His energy levels are amazing. And he absolutely loves his dinner. And they do add a few supplements like greens, digestive enzymes, which you love, and sardines. So that's amazing. Now, um, digestive enzymes. Let's talk a little bit about that, Dr. Andy, because you've had some recent experience with digestive enzymes what are digestive enzymes and why do you think that they've been so successful with your little torchy
1: my little torchy um by the way for those of you that read the email and were on the live or or tuesday night raw or missed that he finally got his digestive enzymes in the middle of nowhere midwest and we've had two nights of no puking so we're we're Going down the right track again.
0: What'd you do? Just ship them out there and mail them out Amazon, to Amazon.
1: Your... She Amazoned them to the next Airbnb that they were going to be at. Well,
0: and do you think to... that he's just a little freaked out because his mom is not with him?
1: Well, th- we talked about it. I he's, it's a stressful situation, right? He's going to new places. He's doing new things. He's meeting new friends, new people. Like it's all good stress. I'm really glad he's having all those experiences, but that probably contributed to him tanking so badly. Absolutely. You know, it's just, that's called life. Um, and we'll have to, you know, get him back from there when he gets home. But he, she said he never lost his vigor and wanted to do things and was his sweet old self. So, Awesome. You've never got lethargic or anything. So digestive. Yeah, so digestive enzymes um help digest the food in the stomach and the small intestine. They are not, they are not. They are not probiotics. They work very, very differently. Because I constantly ask clients, I'm like, do you have them on digestive enzymes? Yes, we have them on a probiotic. No. Do you have them on (laughs) on digestive enzymes? I don't know what that is. They're they're kind of the unsung heroes of the digestive process. And the big three players are your protease for protein, amylase for your carbohydrates, and your lipase for your fat. Fat, lipomas, lipase, amylase is for the carbohydrates and the protease for the protein. Most of your protein digestion happens in the stomach. And the more protein you have in there, the lower your pH will be, the more acid is produced. So that's where if you need more acid, which I do think Torchy does too, we're going to add in the hydrochloric acid and actually up the acid, which lowers the pH, which will help in all that protein digestion, which is the vast majority of a raw diet. So we definitely need to help him out with that. And then hopefully he will not be on them his entire life because we don't want to supplement the body all the time. We want the body to make all these enzymes, but right now he needs a lot of support.
0: Yeah. You know, when pet parents see this type of uh, regurgitation or foamy stuff, a lot of times they think that they need an acid blocker. Yes. And they go the opposite way. Can you talk a little bit about why acid, I think you kind of told a little bit there, but acid blockers aren't where you want to go with your
1: pets. Or yourself. They are, horrifically stupid medications and the conventional medicine and conventional veterinary medicine has had it wrong for 30, 40 years. The narrative is wrong. Yes, those drugs help with the symptoms, but they continually lower the acid production and production in the stomach, which raises the, the pH. So you do not get as good of digestion of your food which then has a higher, di- higher rate going into the small intestine. So enzymes are not released there. So you end up causing so many problems down the line. Now, why, why these drugs are subs- prescribed to lower acid when you actually already generally have too little acid going on is beyond me. The narrative has been wrong, has been wrong, has been wrong. Um, and you're better off with your animals and yourself. Go get some hydrochloric acid, betaine, HCL with digestive enzymes um, and do that. Instead, we actually need to get that pH down so we can digest these proteins and the rest of the system can work like it's supposed to.
0: Well, you talk about the narrative being wrong, and I think that people are recognizing that. I was reading this article out of uh, Pet Food Industry today, and they were talking about raw dog food buyers differ from other dog owners. And one of the things that they pointed out in this uh, survey was they said that 38% of the people that they surveyed were feeding a biologically appropriate raw food, prey model, whole prey, uh, or cooked homemade food to their dogs. But it Said this, which goes right to what you were saying. They said this study shows that veterinarians are rarely consulted as a source of advice by owners using non conventional diets, uh, which may indicate a lack of trust in French veterinarians on the importance of pet nutrition or the lack of veterinarians' communication regarding their nutrition competencies. Yeah, because they've lost our trust. You know, I was reading a review today from, um, from some of our customers and many of them will say, we put our dogs on a a prescription diet and they got worse. And, you know, my response to that is, well, here's the truth. There have been many, um, Test surveys. Um, I remember one by four or five different vets, D. Bianco, um, I think um, maybe Jody Grinstein, uh, Marty Goldstein, where they were blindly looking at ingredients, right? They, they lined up ingredients from regular store bought kibble, prescription diets. And um, some other diet. And they basically said, okay, put these in order of worst to best. And the prescription diets came out in their assessment, the worst every single time. And those were the ones that their peers are out there pushing.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I've told clients for years, I'm like, if you really want to feed a prescription, just go to the grocery store find the same brand, find a similar food, and you'll pay a third of the price. Right. Yeah. There's no reason to spend the prices. It's the most expensive crap on the market.
0: Well, and and the word, the operative word there is crap. Um, Crappy kibble syndrome, as I call it, CKS. Because there is nothing in there, Dr. Andy, that I would say is a prescription. What the hell is in there that you can't get someplace else? And number two, you wouldn't want that in your dog. Prescription or not? No. Not good stuff. Not good stuff. No. No. All right. So we have a question, uh, Dr. Andy, coming from Amber. This is going to be about her little pet. Um, And she wanted to get your take on this. She said she just found out her small six-year-old mixed breed that does agility has arthritis in her back. She has had back spasms three times now. She said, I took her to my vet for Cairo and acupuncture. Way to go, Amber. But she said he wants to do a procedure where he puts these gold beads in her back next to her spine. Amber says, I'm thinking this might be a bad idea. One, it's metal in the body. And two, what if they move? But I wanted to get your opinion. Also, if that's not a good option, is there anything else that you can recommend? I am planning on doing a monthly uh, chiropractic adjustment, and I really want to be able to do agility with um, my dog forever. She's small and has a long back, so she only jumps four inches. Um, So anyway, she said that she is a raw feeder, obviously, and uh, she hasn't had any uh vaccines for the past five years. She uses jump for joints, probiotics, and she's done the anti-vaccinosis. What are your thoughts on that, Dr. Andy?
1: Hmm. <laughs> and we we got a little more backstory from her right like back
0: not no no pun intended no pun intended yeah she's 12 pounds so she's done she's done chiropractic maybe five or six times times. yeah and she she is a certified massage therapist herself so she has massaged her um and she said she took her to agility a couple of weeks ago her back went out again when they got there she massaged her for a while and she did much better in her second class but when she went to jump in the car uh she threw it out again oh yeah oh and she said you know she goes hiking she goes uh trail riding uh with the horses so it's a very very active dog but this is hampering um you know her life, um, but I've never heard of these beads. Have you heard of these beads? I I,
1: I have heard of these beads. Uh, I think I've come across one dog in twenty years, and that's about all I kind of remember about it. I think maybe it helped. It is a traditional thing acupuncturists do, and they can be done on people too. But I I don't know anything more than that. I and yes, you you got to weigh the pros and cons of putting a metal in the body it is gold so at least it's it you know it doesn't just leach out here and there but I don't know that much about it it seems a little drastic if we've only been adjusted five times and when she said he the little dog has arthritis do we have x-rays Do we, do we see any bony changes or are we just dealing with inflammation in the joints? Because the little guy is very active, doing a bunch of stuff, doing all the dog things, right? And, and she, or he, she, or he, I don't even know what it is, could have um, just really hurt herself and she needs a little bit more time to heal. And it may not be like the end of the game um, or anything like that, but maybe mom's pushing it a little bit to get back into action. And maybe this 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 little guy at this time needs a little bit more time, along with like we talked about earlier that formula three hundred three to help with the muscle spasms and maybe a massage with a canine massage therapist might be more advantageous than the acupuncture and the chiropractic. Maybe we're dealing honestly with more of a muscle issue, and again we get a lot of people get distracted by it must be arthritis, it must be in the joints, it must be a chronic big issue. And maybe it's not, but maybe we did hurt ourselves, right? Maybe we don't have a big chronic thing that's going to to be managed indefinitely, but maybe we really did hurt ourselves. And muscles, muscles take eight to 12 weeks to heal up. And that's without jumping in the car and doing agility and all that jazz. So it can take longer than it, it can. It always takes longer than we'd like it for something to heal.
0: Man, muscle spasms, they're just oh
1: what causes
0: Yeah, they are. What causes these muscles to spaz up like that?
1: Well, when we hurt ourselves and we stretch a joint past its normal physiological um, range, the muscles kick in and they spasm down so we so to prevent even, even more I can talk, prevent even more injury to a joint. So Mm. if this little one was running with the horses and caught a hole and that back twisted and those muscles went to protect that spine and they went into spasm and they're just not releasing yet. Just as an example, I don't know what happened and I don't necessarily think, oh, the little dog shouldn't be doing agility if it has a long back. Eh, It's part of being a dog. Go out there and have some fun. And yes, then maybe you have to be the human and go, okay, well, maybe we only trial every other week. Maybe we don't hike the week that we trial. Like you might have to do some of that rearranging in your schedule maybe you as much as she wants to do it all all the time you might have to put the reins on that but it doesn't sound like we have to stop but it sounds like the muscles may need to be um, addressed a lot more than they have been
0: so in humans when we have a muscle spasming is it ice then heat or heat then ice what is it
1: always heat then ice
0: always heat then yeah, ice. you want to bring
1: the new blood to the area and then you want to ice it down to remove all the inflammation in the blood. You want to help the body flush that out. And nobody likes to do heat, then ice. I, I <laughs> Everybody like to-, wants to do ice and then heat, right? Because oh, it's cold now, I want to heat it up. But you actually, it's heat, then ice. And you can do that on an animal every two minutes, if you want, every five minutes, every and depending on your big furry things, they can do it a full 20 minutes like we can. Your little chihuahua, you ain't getting 20 minutes out of them. So how
0: do you do that? Kind of walk us through how you do heat, then ice with a dog.
1: Well, I have a heating pad that plugs into the wall. And so we're sitting on the couch and that goes down, um, for however long they can handle it. And usually heat can be longer, but really only, especially if it's an acute injury. So an acute injury is a new injury. So even if you have a chronic problem and they do something and it flares it back up, we're gonna treat it like an acute injury. Like you just stepped off the curb and sprained your ankle. That's an acute injury. That's right then there. You wanna, and with acute injuries, if you know, you can go straight to ice then you just want to get that inflammation down because inflammation is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just when it hangs around too long. And if that inflammation is hanging around too long, it bogs down the rest of the immune system. That's supposed to kick in and help with the healing. It just kind of, it's all the fluid and all the, you know, all of that. And it's just hard for the body to take care of what it needs to, if it's all stuck in all this inflammation. So we wanna get the inflammation down, plus it feels better, right? So let's say she jumped into the car, flared up her thing. When they got home, she could have put an ice pack on her, Could have put a bag of frozen peas on on just her, it's a little dog, so you're gonna cover that entire lumbar spine. You're gonna cover maybe half that dog, which is fine. Just lay it on there, sit with her, two, three minutes, five if you can, and, and then she can run off. Um, and then maybe we do that again a few hours later, and then the next day we'll bring out the heating pad and we'll sit down with the heating pad for a few minutes. And then we do the ice right, right after that. We don't let them take a big, long break. You may have to get up and go get the ice pack, right? But that's fine. And then we get back down and we do um, about the same amount of minutes as the heat right after. And if you can get that done three times a day, that's awesome. What, what, it's, it's a lot of work.
0: What's your um, time Are you saying three minutes, five minutes? I know you're saying as much as they can take, but you're saying, okay, if we get this amount of time, it's probably good enough. What is, what is that? These little
1: dogs, if you can get three minutes on ice, I'd be thrilled. They just hate it. And you don't want them struggling. Right. If they're enjoying it and they want to be there eight minutes, they want to be there 20 minutes and they, and that's fine. I mean, unless you're dealing with a hairless Chihuahua, they have fur. (laughs) Right? right. We we don't want to ice them down that, you know, you may need to put a towel over them. Like my who has no fur, probably put a towel down first before we did ice, but he's a big boy. So, you know, he may like it.
0: So if you're here, here's a question. How do you know with a dog that they're actually spasming uh when they are? Because, you know, we can feel it, but how do you tell with the dog that they're having a spasm?
1: you you kind of assume Um, it's easier when they're having neck spasms because you will actually on occasion see that that's usually when they scream for no apparent reason, Mm. or you can kind of see when they're holding their neck a little bit funny, or if they don't want to put their neck down and their chin all the way to the ground, or if they're laying a different way with their head tilt, it's easier in the neck for neck spasms. Now, honestly, I can feel them, but that's my job um as a pet owner you can go down the spine and we talked about the paniculus response right where the spine kind of twitches or or it looks like they're being tickly or whatever you could do that down the spine and if it's kind of moving 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 then you kind of i call it like it hit you kind of hit a two by four those muscles are in spasm um and that can be, if you start now with your animal and kind of getting an idea of the joint play in the spine, that's what I'm, I'm doing when I go down your dog's spine and, and kind of palpating. I'm looking for joint play, how much is going to bounce back when I, when I press on it. Uh, that's what you're kind of looking at. If you do that now and get an idea and then you have something and they're not feeling good, they're not moving well, they don't want to sit and you do that, you might even notice, wow, it's not moving here like it used to. So,
0: the spasm always indicates joint problems. Is that correct?
1: Yes. I'm going to go with yes.
0: Is that your final answer?
1: I don't know. I might need to phone a friend. <laughs> phone a friend. <laughs> yes, yeah, because everything's always involved. And everyone, and you're not the only one, always wants me to, you know, is it this one little thing that's going on here? And it's not this one little thing going on here. Everything is connected. But when you have a muscle spasm, you are going to have reduced motion in a joint and possibly joint pain. Now, which came first? Was it, did they pull a muscle and now the joint's involved? Or did they um, subluxate, chiropractically subluxate a joint? And now the muscles are involved. I'll never know that answer, but you will always have joint involvement when you have muscle spasms. Now, which caused which and which is the primary or the organic problem? Usually as we heal up, I can get a good idea that, yeah, they actually strained this quad long before these lower lumbars got involved with stabilizing that region of the body in the rear. So
0: if... You have a dog who has some type of a spasm. You want to get them adjusted? Yes. After they stop spazzing? No. No? No. Before, during, or after? As, as soon, soon as, as they're spazzing?
1: As soon as you can. As soon as, like I said, I my, my animals fall in front of me, they get adjusted like that. I don't wait for any inflammation to show up. I don't wait for the muscle spasms to set in. I don't wait for to even know exactly which, let's say my three-legged senior guy, he's been falling on his face a little bit more than he ever has. He's now 14 and a half. (laughs) Oh, you know, which one
0: is that? Which dog is that?
1: That's the little gizmo with three legs. Yeah. The little Jack mix. And he gets really excited and gets going and he, you know, and he just trips and falls on his face. It's funny, not funny. Um, And so he gets picked up and he looks at me. He's like, Oh, you're going to adjust my neck. Yep. I'm not even going to wait to find out where he hurt his neck. I'm going to palpate and I'm going to adjust him. So I chiropractically don't wait. The longer you wait, the harder my job gets because the more the body will lock that in place. Um, and your veterinarian, 90% of the time will tell you, oh, we better wait.
0: Okay. Um, just another okay. reason for us to not to get that information from our vets. Why do they say that you need to wait? Because they I don't understand
1: ignorance. They have no idea why they say that. They really don't. Um, we got to get the inflammation down. No, you can start those pills and you can come in to see me the next day. The inflammation will be down. And the adjustments are only going to further help reduce that inflammation, um, reduce the muscle spasms and reduce the pain. It's also, they're not chiropractors. They don't live in my world, right? I, and maybe there's that, that muscle spasms. Maybe we actually don't adjust that area that day. It, it, you know, I'm going to ask the body, I'm going to palpate everything. Maybe we spend a lot more time, a few, uh, levels above that area and in the hips. And it's the next visit that we really get in and be able to work there. So it's not necessarily, I'm just going to go gangbusters and start banging on every joint in the body. Um, I, I palpate, I muscle test, I see where the animal is in their pain. I get an idea what their personality is. You know, some dogs come in and go, oh my God, just fix this. This is ridiculous. And some are like, oh my God. I, I don't know, and I'm worried about this. And so we take all of that into account when I meet the animal. And so why I think it's just knee-jerk reaction. They're generally scared of chiropractic um, for no good reason. It's, it's hysterical because the vast majority of them are like, oh, my gosh, um, don't go to the chiropractor. They might make things worse. And then two sentences later, they're like, don't go there. you waste your money. It won't do anything. So which is it? Is it going to make it worse because it actually is going to do something, or it doesn't do anything? Don't waste your money. And it, it's they very much talk out at both sides of their mouth. Um, and unfortunately, especially the neurologists. We've what what asked, is
0: it that they think is going to make worse?
1: I I, you know. I I I don't know. I don't know. Um, that they, would be they, a good they, question.
0: That would be a good question for pet parents, though. Okay, Mr. Neurologist or Mr. Vet, um, Mr. White Coat, as as (laughs) Dr. Faulkner says, um, what would make it worse? Now, you know, there are a lot of uh, people that talk about when you adjust the neck that you Mm -hmm. can cause these uh, spinal problems, you can cause, you know, death. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You've never seen that,
1: have you? People can stroke out.
0: People can stroke out.
1: People can stroke out. Dogs are not anatomically the same as people.
0: Are you kidding? No. They aren't? Okay, that's good news. Well, tell us a little bit more about that. The way
1: their carotid artery runs is different than our our carotid artery runs. So the likelihood of stroking out your dog is less than people. And people, honestly, only stroke out if they've already got plaques in those arteries. And there's no way to know that before a chiropractic adjustment. And at the end of the day, a chiropractic adjustment is still safer than taking a Tylenol. Mm. And I tell clients this people wise. Um, if you go and ask all your doctors, their malpractice insurance, chiropractors have the cheapest malpractice insurance. Cause we don't kill people. Damn you. I know. <laughs> Now, there's no numbers or anything on dogs in chiropractic. I mean, like that, there's so few of us, no one's even looking at that, right? But the way the dog's neck is compared to us and the carotid artery, there's a lesser chance of stroking out. I don't even think they worry about that. Um, IVDD can be unstable.
0: What is that? IVDD?
1: Intervertebral disc disease. Where okay. there's severe arthritis in the vertebral bodies of the spine, and you have diminished disc spaces, and when you have less disc space, you have compression of nerves, and you have some instability. Um, and I remember a vet, a rehab vet. She's like, "What do you do with IBDd?" I adjust it. Oh my god, what has ever happened? I'm like, they've all felt better. <laughs> Twenty years, honest to God, I have momentarily made dogs more uncomfortable. Like the next day, mom's like, oh my gosh, they're really sore. What do we do? I'm like, we got to wait it out. Um, and we wait it out and they end up feeling better and we continue on with care. Okay. That has happened all the time. Sometimes an actual adjustment will go a little sideways and they get more sore and they bring them back in a couple of days later and we fix it up. You know, it happens. It's happened to me but no dog has been paralyzed that I've worked on that has gotten worse with a disc, with IBDD, with whatever. Now, granted, some of them don't get any better in chiropractic doesn't work. And maybe they do go on the surgery or maybe they do go on to other therapies. I mean, that does happen because everybody is different.
0: Wow. I was just reading, um, a testimonial from a, a dog chiropractor, and they were talking about the same thing intervertebral vertebral,
1: vertebral. vertebral disc disease. Yeah. Right.
0: And, um, the uh, this was a dachshund, like your little torchy. Uh, this dog was super duper sore. Uh, but the owner agreed to, to let this chiropractor do the adjustment and, um, even though that this owner didn't have any familiarity with this technique. But the dog responded so quickly. Um, they it did a few other corrections. They put him on the ground and uh, they were amazed um, how well this dog did after a chiropractic adjustment. And he was getting uh, acupuncture as well, but not this particular adjustment. So, yeah, this dog was you know, instantly, instantly better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I've had that too. They're instantly better. Like, damn. All right. Because they don't generally expect that. Um, A lot of times they get off my table and they look worse. Because I just, I dug around in there. I messed with muscles that are tight. I've done stuff. That's And I warn people, there's an integration period. Because like I said earlier, way back in the show, chiropractic is neurology. I check, I don't, if you come in with a left rear, um, limp, leg limp, I'm starting out with your nose. Everything is connected. And I have my pattern that I go through and evaluate every dog. Uh, but it's all neurology. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to affect the body. I'm going to change the neurology. I'm going to move things that maybe haven't moved in a couple of years. And so they may be out for the count for 24 hours. They may sleep most of it. They may limp a little bit more. You you know, the young ones that just kind of hurt themselves and come in. Oh my gosh, they may turn into maniacs that evening because they feel awesome. And the owners are not allowed them to be maniacs, but there's a 24 hour integration period where there's a lot of change in that body, in that nervous system, in the neurology of the the whole system.
0: That's fascinating. It really is. It's just, it's totally fascinating. And that's why, you know, when you, when you want uh, answers about the structure of the body, you really want to talk to an animal chiropractor like Dr. Andy, right? Because if it's not their specialty, Um, You know, we talked many podcasts ago about how many, you know, vets were super afraid of adjusting dogs when they were going through chiropractic school, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and if they're not doing that, they may not be giving you the best information based on experience because they have no experience in that.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Ask the neurologist what their experience is with doing back surgeries, ask the chiropractor about their experience of doing adjustments. (laughs) You know, I I can't answer that question about laminectomies of the spine. They shouldn't be answering for me on doing an adjustment. And believe me, I had a little dog. Oh, what happened? Oh my God. The cutest little Shih Tzu I've ever met. I think he fell out of the car and on his face and broke his jaw. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Yeah, some like, and she's she didn't come to me. Don't worry, I didn't adjust that. (laughs) I do know my limits. Like that is not a chiropractic case. But she wanted to get him in after it was all healed. I'm like, well, eight weeks for a fracture, and then he was going to have a dental, and she was going to bring him in the very next day. And I'm like, "Mm -mm -mm. no, we need to give him a few days after the dental, and they were going to, and they mostly were just going to clean his teeth, but they wanted to take X-rays to see if the jaw healed was the bigger reason. I'm like, no, 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 no. We need, I don't want to do that the very next day and I'm cranking on stuff. We want, I want you to find out what's, if it's all healed and then come in, you know, a good five days after. So we're rescheduled. Like, but I also had a little beagle who had a very minor, I, I could tell from the history, a very minor muscle spasm, maybe disc involvement, whatever. And mom did the MRI, because she has the insurance and the surgeon actually said, it's not a surgical case. I was thrilled, thrilled. They did not rush him into surgery, kept him on pred, but told her to wait a month before she saw me. And I'm like, mm, we know we're good. We have an MRI. He's not a surgical case. He's on the right meds. Get him in here. I can get him feeling so much better. She kind of split the difference and came in, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so,
0: well, see now this is what I think that pet parents that are listening to us should understand that if you are in another state and you are considering doing chiropractic work, but you need to talk to someone first, right? Maybe you need another opinion. You can sign up with Dr. Andy, right? How can they sign up? Do you have just a consultation? Can they just go through the dog food consultation type thing or, or, or is this going to promote you to put that up on your site now?
1: I'm I might gonna, have to put that up on my site now.
0: I think yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm giving you yeah. your homework. So right today.
1: now, if you're chomping at the be- bit, just send me an email, and we'll 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 get it worked out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what email is the best email to send um, for
1: Animal you? Animalmagiccare@gmail.com.
0: Animalmagiccare@gmail.com. And remember that you can sign up for a pet nutrition consult as well. And maybe one other thing that you want to do, Dr. Andy, I'm just going to put the bug in your ear here, is the combo, is the combo pet consult and chiropractic consult. See, I'm just giving you a little bug to maybe get that up on your site. Yes. Now tomorrow night, tomorrow night is the online Q and a with Dr. Andy. That's at 6 p.m. Mountain time. That's 6 p.m. Mountain time. Where do you go for that? You go to YouTube and uh, that is going to be Dr. Andy's world. A N D I S Dr. Andy's world. You can come ask your questions, uh, get some uh, raw information. Are you going to do any chiropractic uh, Q&A on that or just?
1: Oh, pe- if they ask, I'll, okay. I'll, do my, I'll do my best with any question.
0: Okay. Bring your questions tomorrow night to YouTube, Dr. Andy's World. If you have a, a, a chiropractic question, uh, go to Magic animalmagiccare
1: yes.
0: at gmail.com. And if you want to sign up for a pet food uh, nutrition consult, go to animalmagiccare.com. Did I get all those right?
1: I think you got them all right. My goodness, it's it's
0: because I got up at 5:15 this morning with Lizzie. That's why. I'm I'm wide awake. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. You know, send all your friends over to the Raw Dog Food Truth podcast. We give away lots of great, great information here. We've got top experts that will help you uh, with keeping your pet happy and healthy. Go to rawdogfoodandco.com, get on a species appropriate diet, give your dog a fighting chance because your pet's health is our business and friends don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Oh, snap.
0: Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business.
1: Just snap.